as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. It's round two, y'all. Welcome to another edition, an early week edition of the Top Pair Podcast. We are back. I am your host. It is Eric Weinstein. And with me, as always, from Charlotte, North Carolina, Nick Maxwell. Nick, what's good, buddy? Nothing, man. I, not, to, not to toot our own horns, but I think we both went six for eight in the first round of our picks. So, I mean, kudos to us. I mean, it's, it's like we actually know what we're doing on here. You would think we should have a hockey podcast. The fact that we did pretty damn well in our uh, in our previews and our picks. Well, we're going to be doing it all again tonight because we're going to go through the entire second round. We're going to recap the first round, preview the second round. But you know what I got to do before we do so? We got to go through the housekeeping. Where you can find us, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Audio Boom, SoundCloud. You can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That is a1sportsnetwork.com. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at A1 Sports Network. The podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Top Hair underscore pod, at Top Hair underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It was my 11-year Twitterversary the other day, by the way. Um, at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's, Nicholas. I mean, on Twitter at mmaxwell01 or on Instagram at nickjmaxwell. So I didn't know that it was my Twitterversary. They send you a notification like, hey, you so made like, Twitter. Did they tell you like when it is your anniversary? Yeah, it was, it was like, I think last, it was Saturday. <laughs> last Saturday, it was uh, my Twitterversary. Um, Do you remember your first tweet? Like, does it share you, tell you like what it was? No? I don't, I was in 11th grade. It was probably something about like, oh, I got to get ready for junior prom or some shit like that. <laughs> It was, that was probably it, because um, I think it was like that time. But anyway, um, mo- moving on from my junior banquet, which is a mess. Um, the second round of the playoffs. We are here. Um, we're going to start. There's, I mean, I feel like every ra- every single, you know, every game, every series is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Every series has like its own bit of intrigue. Um, and the first series just kicks us off where... There's there's no warming up in the bullpen here. Like we're getting right to it with the first game tonight being Tuesday. The Lightning and the Panthers, the Battle of Florida. The Florida Panthers took care of the Washington Capitals in six games, which is a series that nobody really expected to even get the six games. Um, and the Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs in seven games. Let's talk about that first. The Lightning and the Leafs probably the most entertaining series that we had it was entertaining for me because it is it it is hilarious that once again the Toronto Maple Leafs cannot get out of their own way they cannot beat the demons and they lose in the first round yet again um the I, what were they the first team in MLB NBA or NHL to lose five straight winner take all games to lose in the yeah, first I round. think the odds of that were something in like one in like twenty seven thousand. Yeah, like some, something just absolutely crazy. And, <laughs> and guess what? They did it. Um, so the Leafs, the Leafs are done. Um, they had, I think, their exit interviews today. Uh, Brendan Shanahan. The Shanna plan is still going strong because Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe will both be back. Which I mean, they're kind of idiots if they got rid of those two guys because I don't know what else you could possibly do. I feel like if they played any other team in the East, they would have won their series. 
Um, but they got steamrolled by Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, the Florida Panthers, they beat the Capitals in six. It, for me, the Capitals, it just looked like they ran out of gas. Ovechkin did not look 100%. Um, Backstrom definitely did not look 100%. Um, the goaltending was kind of a question mark all year, and it continued into the playoffs. So now we have the second ever Battle of Florida, after we didn't have it for like 27 years. We have two in a row. Um, Nikki, who do you like? What do you not like? What do you got? So this this is tough because I think I, I think for three I think for two of the series I think I've switched my pick three times since thinking about it today. Sure, but I just think you know obviously I didn't like the way Florida looked at all versus Washington. To me, like I don't know if it was them feeling like they could breeze past them. I don't know if it was like a mental hurdle. Um, it, I just think that. Their power play is not does not look good. I mean, having to come back again, which has been a theme for them all year, is something that I don't really love in the playoffs. Bobrovsky looked okay, not really good or great, um, and they're a little bit banged up on the back end with Ekblad, and I know I think Montours are battling some injuries and stuff. Then you flip it over to Tampa, right, where to me the heart and soul of that team with Braden Point having what I think is a hip flexor injury, which will really absolutely negate his effectiveness, even if he does somehow play. I mean, freaking credit to that guy for even coming back and even trying in Game 7. I you could see how much pain that dude was in on the bench. I thought he, like, broke his femur. I was like, yeah, he's done, like, till, like, February. I thought he was, yeah. I thought he was, and there he was, right on the bench at the start of the second period. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, credit to them. I mean... I don't feel great about it. I'm picking Florida. I'm going to bank on the fact that I think Florida has a lot more hatred for Tampa than Tampa has hatred for Florida. I think, especially when they're the team that eliminated you last year in the first round, um, I think with just three lines of scoring, and I think it's going to take all three lines of scoring, not just Carter Verhage, you know, to beat Tampa because Vasilevsky is the ultimate trump card and the ultimate equalizer in this. I think this is going to go seven. I think this is going to be one of the highest scoring series that we've seen in a long, long time. Um, and I think it's going to go off with a little bit of a bang. Sam Bennett just needs to be smarter than he was last year after he got, you know, he was suspended for, I think, two games. But it's just, I don't know. I'm taking a leap of faith here. I just think the Lightning look really tired. I think Kucherov is also dealing with a really significant injury. And I just think it's just like one of those things where it's like, how many times can you dig deep and get like reach for that last gas and, and, you know, pull this thing out. But uh, I'm going Florida in seven games. Florida in seven. So it already, John Cooper already came out and said that uh, Brain Point will be out for game one. Um, it looks like Ryan. And he's a day-to-day, too, for like the rest of the series, right? Like, which is so stupid. It's so dumb. Like, <laughs> it's, I said this about the, the Penguins game the other night. I said it to you. The, the game is now unbettable. Yeah. Like every game until you know five minutes for the game, you got to run the bet in. But whatever, uh, Nick Paul is going to move up to the second line. Nick Paul, the hero of Game Seven, is going to move up to the second line with to play with Andre Pilat and Alex Kalorn. Uh, Riley Nash is going to be playing with Ross Colton and Brandon Hagel. Sorelli uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, your first line. Maroon, uh, Pierre Edouard Belmar. I just like saying his full name. And Corey Perry on the fourth line. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I feel like. The mental hurdle for Florida 
was to because they hadn't won a first round series since what 1996. They just needed to get out of the first round. I feel like they need to be like, okay, we can do this. Um, I think they they're the more fresh team. I mean, Carter Verhage, this guy was playing in the East Coast League not too long ago, and now he's probably the leader in the the leader in the clubhouse right now for the for the Gon Smythe of everything you know ended today. Uh, if they win the Stanley Cup, I think he's been fantastic. You know, they're they the tough time with Washington was not really expected, but. Washington, they're a championship team, you know, a veteran team. You kind of expect them to roll over. A lot of pride on that team. A lot of pride in that room. Um, but um, I think Florida, too. I think Florida in six games, if Tampa doesn't have Braden Point, I mean, they're, they're starting way behind the eight ball already. That He's the heart and soul of that team, like you said. Um, I think, you know, as great as Andre Vasilevsky is, I don't know if he's going to be able to – you know, carry the team on his back again with the fire, the mm-hmm. amount of firepower the Panthers have. But the Panthers need to get that power play going. If they can't get the power play going, then I think Tampa could, you know, could end up winning the series. But I still think it's Florida in six. And Bobrovsky has to be better. This is your guy. $10 million a year. We've said it ad nauseum. I've loved poking fun at him since we've started this podcast. You need to step up. You need to be good. You can't be okay. You can't be fine. You gotta be good to beat a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think you will. I think Florida is going to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, and they. Unless you have anything else you want to say about the uh, about this series, anything else you want to add? No, I just think the interesting thing to me is going to be if Tampa goes down early. Like the, it, to me, it's like the coaching matchup, right? Like Andrew Burnett. Yeah, we keep talking about it. First year head coach, first time in the playoffs against John Cooper, who's probably the most seasoned coach on the under the active benches right now. Um, like if, if Tampa goes down early, I have more than enough faith that they're gonna that Cooper's gonna make enough adjustments where they're gonna be able to battle back in this series. I don't know if the same thing is gonna be said for Andrew Burnett. If if they lose this game tonight, I wanna see what kind of adjustments he makes because um, I mean, they've had the the luxury of being able to just roll everything the same way all through the year and haven't been able to really muster much of adjustments. So that's that's something that I'm keeping my eye on. Yep, I agree. And they will play the winner. Whoever wins that series will play the winner of the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. I figure we'll just keep the Eastern Conference flavor rolling along here. Um, the New York Rangers in a very entertaining seven-game series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I'll get to that. Um, they won in seven games. The Artemi Panarin overtime winner. Kind of disappointed in his celebration. I feel like he didn't really know what he wanted to do on that celebration. And it was just like a mishmash of things. Um, and the Carolina Hurricanes, they win their first round series, of course. What did they win in? They won in seven, seven. games against Boston. Um, it was the the home team won every single game of that series. Um, talk about the Bruins first uh, for a second. This might be very well be it for Patrice Bergeron. You could see how emotional he was. Um, you could see he was hugging his teammates. You know, he said he's not sure. You know what the plan is, right? He said it's too fresh right now. I don't really want to talk about it. I didn't think he was really going to retire, but then I saw what Marshawn looked like at the end of that game. He looked very emotional. You know, with you know, looking at Patrice Bergeron. If this is it for Bergeron. Probably the second greatest Bruin ever, maybe third. 
I mean, yeah, this, I mean, he's, he's easily top three. I guess it depends on where you want to put, uh, like, I mean, obviously Bobby Orr's number one, but, like, where do you, depends on where you want to put Ray Bork. Ray Bork has been there for years. I mean, Bruins fans, they probably hold it against him for not winning a cup, but that's not really his fault, I would say. But, yeah, I mean, but you talk about just, like, the standard of, like, Bruins that, like, you want all of your players to be, like, right? I mean, just the consummate professional, the ultimate leader. He's probably won so many Selkies and the actual James Selkie himself, so. (laughs) And he's dominated Um, again, and he's probably going to win it. So it's just, I mean, there's. I feel like we talk about this guy every time he comes up, and rightfully so. She's just, there will never be another Patrice Bergeron in in the National Hockey League. A guy who was as good as he is, who was an ambassador of the game as he is, who was loved by his teammates as much as he was. Um, I don't know if this will be his last time doing it. It'll be interesting to see, too, if he does come back, what type of deal they give him. Um, But I I don't know. I mean, as a Sabres fan, I kind of hope it was his last time playing. But as a general (laughs) hockey fan, like, I will miss him. When if he is gone, yeah, I mean, kind of just like the perfect hockey player. On like he's pretty much like he's great on off. He's great off, great offensively. Thank you. Um, a great leader. Obviously, we know how incredible he. One of the best two way forwards of all time. I mean, kills penalties on the power play. Clutch. I mean, this guy. You name it, he's done it. He deserves, you know, all the flowers that he's been getting so far. Um, he's only going to get more and. I'm assuming he's going to be winning the Selkie uh, trophy. We'll find out in a few weeks. So just wanted to give a shout-out to Bergeron. Um, moving on to the Rangers-Penguins series real quick. Um, Nick, I've been trying to put my bias to the side. I'm a, I'm a self-admitted homer when it comes to the Islanders. Everybody knows. I came in saying, all right, I'm not going to root for the Rangers, but I'm not. I'm also not going to root against them. I'm just going to you know, watch the games, listen to Sam Rosen and Joe Micheletti, and enjoy the first round. And then the bragging from the Ranger fans started to come into play. How dare they brag about winning that series? I'm convinced they, did, they didn't watch. Because you fall down 3-1 to Louie and the Domingues on the Pittsburgh Penguins. You, you only find a way back into the series because Sidney Crosby gets hurt. Brian Dumoulin is hurt. They were complaining about the refs, how the refs were in the pocket of Sidney Crosby. Dude, you want to talk about the theme of the playoffs. Like, just bitching about the officiating was just such a nightmare on Twitter. It's it's so weak to blame the official. I mean, admittedly, the officiating has not been good. It has been it's in all four major sports, it's a problem right now. Um but you can't lose 7 to 2 and blame the refs, you know? Yeah. At some point it's not them. Um it's not their fault that you couldn't score on a cold goalie in overtime who probably isn't even on an NHL roster next year. He was 10-9 and nine in the AHL. <laughs> and they lost two games to him. So the bragging is not warranted. I had Ranger fans call, and he knows who he is. Ranger fans were, he listens, were FaceTiming me after the games, talking about how amazing the effort was and how oh, we're, we're coming back. Oh, Penguins have no shot. It shouldn't have been 3-1 to begin with. And if Igor Shesterkin is going to have the type of 
the type of where he just disappeared in performances in Pittsburgh in games three and four. It was like he wasn't even there. Carolina is going to roll the New York Rangers. Yeah, I, I think I think they're in for a much different matchup than what they had because a they're not going to get these prime scoring chances due to Penguin defenseman turnovers and just bad breakout plays because that's where Carolina excels. Um, you're talking about a team there. Yes, they haven't been getting solid goaltending, but it's a team system that keeps everything to the outside and everybody out of the dangerous areas. Ask Pitt, ask Boston about how many prime scoring chances uh, David Pasternak got in over a seven-game series because it was about two, maybe three. Yeah. I look at this team, Tony D'Angelo versus the New York Rangers. I mean, I love that. The Tony D'Angelo really like revenge guy, tour. But I love that. Tony D, <laughs> the revenge tour. Um, I just think, you know, for a team that did not play very well and now you're going to have to go against a really good defensive line matchup where um, Carolina has Stahl with Niederreiter and Faust. And then, obviously, you know, you have – Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Sveshnikov, who weren't even really playing their best in no. the first-round series. But now Artemi Panera, instead of going against Chris Letang and, I don't know, Matheson is going to be going against arguably the best defensive defenseman in the game and Jacob Slavin. So Give Matheson some Matheson. credit. He had a nice series. He was not the issue. Matheson had a Who's nice that? series. Madison? No, I'm, just, he was I'm good. just saying like... like he but he's not play. Jacob Slavin. Right. But like I'm saying like Jacob Slavin is probably on the Olympic team. Right, in, a, in an Olympic year. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, punch his ticket to whatever the Olympics are. Like, that guy's got to be on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, they played a game. with They had a first-round series against a team who was okay playing skill on skill. Now you're playing skill but also will, right? And nice. I think they're going to get in the face of Panarin and Zibanejad. Um, I I'm, I really wanted to pick, pick Carolina in, like, five just to just slap them. Um, just because of all the bragging I saw on Twitter, I'm going to go Canes in six. I think Shesterkin probably steals a game in this series. I think this will be a relatively low-scoring series, too. Um, I really just If you're Carolina and you're Rob Brendan Moore, you're saying, we just need to figure out a way to find our road game in this matchup, right? Um, you know you know, MSG is going to be rocking, um, just like Boston was. You want to be able to – you're not going to be able to win the Cup if you can't win at least a game or two on the road. So, um I'm going Canes in six, uh, maybe even a little bit more Max Domi magic in the next round as well. Carolina in five, fuck the Rangers. Um, <laughs> um, I'm I hate Tony D'Angelo. I'm here for the Tony D revenge game because you know he's going to be chirping the entire time. It's a lot of former Rangers here. You got Jesper Faust, Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, Tony D. Obviously, I mean. There's a there's a lot here. Derek Stepan. If, if only Gordon was still the GM, so that way these guys were extra fucking pissed and fired up to go for the series. And God help the Rangers if Aho and Svechnikov or and Marty Natchez get going. Like yeah. these are guys that matter, and they were like yeah. you know they were fine. Like Aho, what he had two goals. You know Svechnikov had three goals, but didn't really do much. Yeah, I think I think Aho had I think Aho and Sveshnikov both each had one empty net or two, so it's like scoring obviously when it matters, right? Like getting into that flow of the game. Yeah, the Rangers are fucked. They're losing in five. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, let's go back. Let's go to the Western Conference. Uh, we'll start with the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. The Blues 
took out the Minnesota Wild in six games. Um, I'm going to put it bluntly. The Minnesota Wild are fucked because the Parisi and Suter – I'm cussing a lot. The Parisi and Suter buyouts are really going to take effect next season. Um, you're going to see guys I'm, – I'm assuming Fleury's gone. It's going to be tough for them to bring back Kevin Fiala who kind of hurt his value in free agency for how he disappeared in the first round. Um, you know, the Wild are – this kind of, it kind of felt like it was this year a bust for them with the cap penalty they're going to have. Um, it was basically the Kaprizov show, Kirill and the Kaprizovs in the first round. Um, and the Blues kind of you know handled their business, took him out in six. Uh, Jordan Bennington ended up back in net. And I think he's kind of petty. So he's going to take it personally that it was Billy Huso to start that first round series. Um, but yeah, St. Louis kind of you know took care of business in the end of that series. Colorado Avalanche haven't played in what feels like a month. Um, they swept the Nashville Predators. Who Poor Nashville Predators losing Yusei Saros before the series even started. Um, kind of feels like I a might have been my worst take of the first round. I was thinking Nashville was going to make that series interesting. I think I said Colorado in six, and that was so, so wrong. You're a glass half full guy. I mean, there's, don't apologize <laughs> I for that. I was going to come back for at least one game or something. You don't know? apologize don't for being an optimist. How dare you? You're a glass half full kind of guy. Um, but yeah, they had no shot against the Colorado Avalanche. It looks like um, the Nate Dog is on a mission after being eliminated in the second round the past couple seasons. Um, God, Devontae's just... I'm I'm so happy that he's so good. Um, he's just you know not on the team that I like anymore. Um, him and McCarr, I think that's a Team Canada defensive pairing at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's... Sure. There's no reason to break those two up. Like they're both dynamic. They're both good in their own end. I mean, it's insane. Camel Car might be the best player in the league. I don't really know. It it could be. Like it's insane how good he is. Definitely. I mean, he's definitely. You can't keep him out of the conversation anymore. No, yeah, it's hard to compare stats among defensemen and forwards. But like, dude, it's just. It's it's just ridiculous watching him take over games the way that he can. Like I, it reminds me of like prime Eric Carlson. It's but yeah, like stupid. even another level than that. It's stupid. Like I think it was Ryan Whitney said it on Spitting Chicklets. He was like, um, like Connor McDavid and Roman Yossi are going to win the MVP in the Norris, but like Kale McCarr is the best. Like is the best defenseman. It's just like Yossi had less to you know did it with less and whatever. But yeah, I. I don't. That being said, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk at all for the Colorado Avalanche. There's a lot of guys on the St. Louis Blues team who were there a few years ago. You know when they won the Stanley Cup in 2019. You know Ryan O'Reilly kind of was like revived in that first round. He looked fantastic. You know they got Nick Letty back, and all of a sudden their defense just looked like a lot more stable when he got back in the lineup. Um, Nick Letty. Another guy, one of my boys, very proud of him. He's like a fan favorite now in St. Louis. Um, I I think this series is going to be tight. I really think that – I think St. Louis – you said it too. I agreed with you. You know, St. Louis could jump on them tonight and end up winning game one. I mean, I could very well see that. It's the whole rest versus rust debate. And, yeah, you get to sweep the series and, yeah, you get rest. But, you know, St. Louis still has the reps. They still have their legs going. I think Colorado is going to win this series. I am not going to be surprised if it goes to seven. I think it'll take seven, but I think Colorado finally gets over the hump in the second round. 
you know, I've, I've changed my pick probably seven times within the last hour. This is going to be this. Like, this will probably be the best. Se- well, maybe not, but it'll be it'll be great. Dude, I just well. So my whole thing is like, if Tory Krug is back, then I'm probably leaning St. Louis just because I think he's just so important to them on transition plays, uh, getting up in the zone and traffic. Like it's I look at weapon. it as like to me the X factor to me is the goal is the goaltenders right like Jordan Bennington and Darcy Kemper. Bennington looks a little bit like his old self when they made that cup run. He really kind of showed everybody like. You know, once he got that net from Huso, he was like, I'm keeping this now. This is mine. I, Colorado has the better defense, but I think I think St. Louis is deeper at forward. So I don't know why. I don't know if I'm doing this with my heart Say or my it. head, but I'm going to pick St. Louis yes. at seven. I'm yes. going to do it. I just, I, I just, I think the experience thing, I think if, if Colorado goes down early in this, there's going to be a lot of chatter about, are they going to do this again where they fall flat in the second round? Um, it's the, it's the Maple Leafs debate. How, oh, yeah. the, if the Maple Leafs went down, oh, they can't do it. Oh, they, yeah. it's the jitter. It's the same thing. Just a I round just, later. I, I just, I look at Colorado's third line and to me, like as much as I like a player like Comfort. Um, you know, Nachuskin rolls in there, Stern rolls in there. I just, man, I just like the way that St. Louis's centers with Shen, Robert Thomas, and Ryan O'Reilly are playing. And I just think, you know, they had the ability to break Kemper down. Um, and obviously, God knows, like, if for some reason he's not playing tonight, like Pat, well, Pavel Francois, like, you have no chance. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, it's just a gut thing that I have. And I could easily be wrong. We could be doing this where they get swept again. Right. Um, but I just, I, I'm going to go with St. Louis in seven. I like it. Stick with your heart. It's gotten you this I'm far. I'm supposed to be with my head. That's what got me this so, that's what did me so well in the last round. I know, right? Yeah, so now you're going with your heart. You're just going to fuck everything up that you did the last round. Um, all right, our final, our final Western Conference series. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. (laughs) The Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, the Battle of Alberta in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers eliminated the Los Angeles Kings in seven games. Let's talk about the Kings real quick. Um, Them losing in the first round, obviously it's not the result that they wanted. But what a fantastic season these guys had. Taking the Oilers to seven games, Dustin Brown, hats off to him on an amazing, amazing career, two-time champion, um, you know, the an, a great leader, you know, the, the Kings have an amazing future now, Philip Deneau was electric, maybe the biggest bargain in the league for how good he is, um, Jonathan Quick, you know, just a consummate playoff performer, I think he was 4-0 and in game sevens before yep. the other night, I mean, he made a couple saves uh, you know, a couple saves that were insane. Yeah, the whole series, I was like, what year is this? Is yeah. this 2014? I was like, when did I wake up? And I was 18. Um, I mean, hats off to them. They played a fantastic series. They're tough, man. They just kept coming at you and coming at you and going and going and going. They, they're going to be a problem. And I think you're going to have to see them. You know, the young kids are going to have to start playing a little more. But they're they're deep. And there's guys that you haven't heard of yet. That are playing like not household names like a Mikey Anderson or Sean Dersey or 
you know, guys like I that. I don't think a lot of people know the name Adrian Kempe, who no. had like 35 or 37 goals this year. Like it's. Well, I think it's, he won fastest really... skater, right? What? No, McDavid won it. Um, he was up for fastest skater, so maybe they knew him. But um, there's a lot of guys that I mean, they're underrated, un- unheralded guys. Um, so I agree with you there. I think they'll be back absolutely. Um, but man, game seven, Connor McDavid, he was not going to lose that game. He put 25 or 27 minutes. I think he played like that is just unheard of. He was playing every second shift Yeah, and he was absolutely insane. And speaking of absolutely insane with the flames winning game seven, I'd be remiss to not bring up the performance that Jake Ottinger had for the Dallas stars. He dragged that dog shit Dallas Stars team to game seven against the Calgary Flames. What do you have? 63 saves? Yeah, that, just if, absolutely that game should have been 9 nothing or 9 2, whatever it was. Because the, the Dallas Stars, they got a real hard looks in the mirror here with the Sagan and Ben contracts. Um, you know, they're an older team, they're a slow team. They're a one-line team, sort of, it looks like. I mean, not they don't, you know, everything can't run through Haskinen, you know. it's It also sucks that Rupe Hintz couldn't play uh, yeah. Game 7. And then, what, he had 36 goals in the regular season. Yeah. So there's a lot of decisions they have to make. But I said before the, the podcast started, we were going to do first-round MVPs. In a losing effort, Jake Ottinger is my first-round MVP. Because this series is over in four games. If he's, he was absolutely unbelievable. They have a few. When was the last time they had like a stable goaltender? Yeah, I know. I feel like they've been they've been going through like the free agency and trade market with like since Ben Bishop, right? I mean, even and he was only there for like what? Jack Campbell was the last guy that they drafted that they thought was going to be the future, and then now he's 31, 32 in a free agent mode now. Yeah. So. Well, Ottinger, Ottinger was a first-round pick, and he's he's case in point. Teams are kind of afraid to take goalies in the first round. He's an example of it working, and he is my first-round MVP. Uh, but moving on from the Stars, because, man, are they depressing to think about what their future is. Um, the Calgary Flames, I think we can shake off the Johnny Gaudreau doesn't perform in the playoffs. Because speaking of guys who say, you know, McDavid was saying, I'm not, we're not going to lose. That was Johnny Gaudreau in game seven. The perfect setup for Matt Kachuk and then the game winner, the seeing eye game winner. Um, you know, he, he delivered eight points in seven games. He was a monster on the ice. He was averaging 20 minutes of ice time a game. So they always had him out there. Um, Man, this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to come down to which goaltender plays, you know, who has a better series in goal, whether it's Markstrom or Mike Smith. Um, I don't know if we could say poor Mike Smith anymore because he was great in that Game 7. I have no idea who I want to pick. I have no idea who's going to win this series. But I said at the beginning of the playoffs I was hopping on a bandwagon. The Edmonton Oilers. I really hope Dreitzel isn't as hurt as I think he is. They're saying it's a high ankle sprain, but I'm going Edmonton Oilers in seven. We'll see you in the Western Conference Finals. 
we are taking the Battle of Alberta, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> we are taking the Battle of Alberta. I, all right, so for me, I look at this dry saddle thing. That's an absolute game changer. Trying to play hockey with an ankle sprain, especially a high ankle sprain, like you might as well have had like a broken, like broken fingers, right? Like that's just everything to his game. I think this is a much better matchup for Calgary in terms of they're not going to face a team that's as tight checking, not as much of a hot goaltender. Um, that top line, that those top two lines, are certainly going to get much more chances in the O zone. I like Calgary in this matchup. I think Calgary just matches up with them very well. Um, I love the way Jacob Markstrom played. I felt like he was the most under-talked-about goaltender in the first round. So I'm going Calgary in six. I have the Flames winning the Battle of Alberta. I know Markstrom's your boy, so I knew you were going to go with him. I knew He's played well. He's played well, though. No, he I mean, did. He no, had he a was... bad first year in Calgary where people were worried about that contract. But since then, he's been he's been playing lights out. I, I mean, I've, I've said it all year. You can throw last year out for some guys. I mean, he was fantastic. I mean, he had a 1-5-3 goals against and a 9-4-3 save percentage in the first round. I think I think the final goals in that series were like fifteen to fourteen in favor of Calgary. Like yeah. that's how close that series was. It was boring as hell. I mean, let's call it, it like boring. it is. It's it's that's the Dallas Stars. I mean, people said the Islanders are boring. I mean, God, it, it's. And not- I mean, hey, you know what? There's talks today that Rick Bonus this might be it for him that he wants to retire. And if that's true, I wish that guy all the best. He's had a hell of a coaching career. Um, only really. Dig it, I think two starting gigs, one short term, and then finally with Dallas. But I mean, you talk about hockey lifer. Yep. Um, I mean, good for him. I think if he wants to stay around in the game and imagine, I think he'd do a great job at it. But you know, wishful, wishful send off to that guy. Yeah, he deserves all the flowers. We'll be giving a lot of flowers um, on the <laughs> on this edition of the show. Um, he deserves every bit of it. An amazing coach, just a great ambassador for the game. Um, hopefully this isn't the end, but it looks like it's going to be. Um, so those are our second round, our second round series. It probably, the puck probably just dropped. Um, it's seven ten East coast time on Tuesday, or it's about to drop. Um, Nick, any final thoughts on the first round or the second round? No, I just think this is. I think we finally got the playoff matchups that we finally been waiting for. When, we, when I'm talking about the, you know, with Florida and, and Tampa versus Edmonton and Calgary, so these should be exceptional. I'm really curious to see where a lot of these rookie head coaches, where Burnett and even Woodcroft too, out in Edmonton, like how they handle this round and what type of coaching adjustments they make throughout the series. So there's gonna be a lot of moving pieces. You, we're gonna be tweeting away from the account. So always, as always, follow us along. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then there's just like a couple, you know, loose ends to tie up around the league. Um, Bruce Boudreaux is going to be back in Vancouver. I don't remember if we brought that up last episode, uh, but Bruce Boudreaux is going to be back. Um, the Islanders hired Lane Lambert. Um, he's going to be the 18th head coach in franchise history, replacing Barry Trotz. Um, he was Barry's right-hand man since they were in Nashville. I think he started coaching there in 2010 with Barry Trotz. Um, I think it's a no-brainer hire. I think um, he's been ready to be a head coach for years now. Um, he he interviewed for the Ducks when they gave the job to Dallas Eakins. Um, 
I forget who else. Kind of makes the kind of makes the new voice comments sound kind of weird, don't they? It does, but I think there's when because Barry was um he was gone for like a week and a half. He had COVID, and then he had uh, family issues. Gone for like a week and a half, two weeks, and Lambert coached the team. And you could see there was actually an uptick in offense when he was coaching. Um, and there's a rumor that I don't buy this, by the way, that Matt Barzell wouldn't have signed an extension if Barry Trotz was still the coach. I don't buy that for a second. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, <laughs> have you, I've never, I've never heard that before. So that's this is this isn't the NBA things like. I feel like that's just. I feel like that's just the most like convenient narrative it's lazy it's lazy like i was reading 32 thoughts there from elliot friedman he's like yeah that i don't buy that anytime anybody asked barzell about trots he has nothing but incredible things to say about him so i doubt that that's true um i'd say i'm 99 sure that it's not true um what else did i want to say was there somebody else who got a job what am I missing? Uh, trots. Speaking of trots. Oh right, Barry. Round uh, interview with with the Winnipeg Jets. Seems like everybody in hockey is saying that would be a perfect fit if he wants to do something like that. I gotta tell you, if the Jet, if he interviews with the Jets and the Jets don't hire him, Kevin Chevaldeoff needs to be fired like immediately. That is a <laughs> slam dunk, no brainer hire. He's he's from the. I mean, he's from like three hours north of Winnipeg, which is unfathomable to me to think that there's something north of Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> Dauphine, baby. Shout out Dauphine. Um, so they need a culture change, and he can do exactly what he did on Long Island in Winnipeg. And they have a lot more talent than the Islanders did when he got here. So I think Barry Trotz, it's a slam dunk. No-brainer Grand Slam home run. Um, I think that's all the news around the league. Um just wanted to say, like, thank God Mitch Marner is okay. Um, he was in Toronto last night. Um, and he was robbed at gunpoint. Um, they took his car, him, his, him and his fiance. He, apparently he was just like, yeah, just take take whatever you want. He gave him the keys and they drove off. Um, so just scary situation, obviously. Glad to hear that he's okay. Um, whether you like the team or not. You know, he's one of yeah, the good guys. He's mean, one of the good guys. There's a lot the of stupid morons making jokes today on Twitter. So I just, I don't know. I, I mute those people as often yeah. as possible. Hockey Twitter is a cesspool. Mitch Marner is one of the good guys in the league. You would never wish anything like that. Um, so not to end the podcast on a negative note, but um, I'm going to turn on the Panthers and the Lightning. I'm going to watch that. Yankees are playing the Orioles. I mean, how exciting is that? Not at all. So I'll be watching hockey this evening. Um, Nick, final thoughts. I'm ready. I'm amped up. I think this is going to be a fucking awesome week and a half of the second round. So, I mean, inject this into my veins, as the kids say. As, as you know, those young, those youngins say, inject the second round into my veins. Get ready. I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. See you next time.